Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with executive producer and co-host Mark Griffith. Thank you so much for joining us. We are grateful to be here. How are you, Mark? Doing great. That's Beautiful awesome. outside. It is absolutely gorgeous outside. We're so thankful just to be here and, and also to be able to provide you with some information that we think is important. Um, the Housing Hour is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. We'd love for you to go online. You can check us out at www.thehousinghour.com. Also, we're on Facebook. You can go to facebook.com slash thehousinghour. We're on Twitter at thehousinghour and Pinterest at Mark Griffith. <laughs> and so, we got a great show to Pinterest. Yeah, exactly. Well, you don't Pinterest a show. You pin a show. Oh, you pin it. Yeah, that's okay. how that works. See, I'm, I'm real hip on that. No, I know. That's fine. <laughs> um, but seriously, I am on Pinterest if you'd like to check out some um, you know, some playroom ideas, some things that we've been doing at the house, those type of things. We got all that stuff for you. But the housing hour, um, today we're, we're going to bring you a show. We're talking about something in the community that I think is really interesting and fascinating. Um, things that are important, not just to the health of our community, but it's really broader than that, what it is that they are doing over at the YMCA. So in studio with us, we have Ellen Marar with, uh, with the YMCA. She is the garden director. And thank you, Ellen, for coming in today. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me. Did I pronounce your last name correct? You did. You did a great job. There. Good. <laughs> All right. That's that's step number one. I, I was nervous about that. So now that we've gotten through that, I think I can go on with the rest of the show. Um, right. You can call me by my first name now. Okay. <laughs> Ellen. Ellen is wonderful. I like the name Ellen very much. Um, I was told by Mark that you were coming on the show. So the first thing I always do is I Google the name. I don't even want to see a link or anything, although he did send me a link. So I Googled it. Um and all of this information came up about the garden, about what you were doing, what, you know, the types of things that the YMCA, uh, you know, is out there doing in the community. And um, the thing that I really liked was that you have on your website, and we'll give the website to everyone, but you have all the things that the YMCA does. The thing that you are involved with is the the garden piece of it, the community garden. Is that that's correct, right? Right. Okay, we got the right we, person. All, we, Just want to make sure. And we have three of them. Yes, That's right. You have three different gardens, and you started in 2012. So let me ask you this question, Ellen, and then I'm going to sort of set it up for you. It's going to be to the softball question. You hit this one out of the park. Um, give us just a broad idea of what this is that you're doing. Okay, so the community gardens, we call it the community giving gardens mm-hmm. because we give all of our produce to local food pantries. Okay. So it's a little different than some community gardens where people come and have their own beds and then they donate some or they can participate in the garden and take some home themselves. We donate all of our produce. At the Cancellor YMCA, we do also have a produce giveaway one day um, a year so they can, the garden's very visible there, so they can also have some of the produce that they see growing all the time and then they can make a donation if they want and they don't have to. It's free for anybody that comes by you started doing this for what reason you were good with 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 growing things you you liked volunteering those are maybe two of them but you're not a volunteer you work there but tell me because social responsibility all of us have a different i think temperature gauge like we're really involved or we're not very involved or hey we're like outrageously involved we even are employed 
that's what we do for a living involved. You know what I mean? Um, why did you get involved with this? I started as a volunteer. Mm. I'm a Knox County Master Gardener and mm. the director of the Davis YMCA. She's the director now. She was the membership director then. But That's she a was, beautiful um, building, by the way. Right. She's the one that started the garden that had the idea of it. And she wanted me to help with my gardening knowledge from the Knox County Master Gardeners. Mm. So that's how I initially got involved with the garden and helping them, just giving them some you know, advice on gardening. Mm. So when you look back, because, I mean, my dad was a great gardener, and, and he could grow things. It was very natural to him. His mom, uh, Mabel uh, Ray, uh, I called her grandmother. She was a great gardener as well. It just it was sort of natural to him, you know, and, and, and it was it was one of those things that was passed down from generation to generation. And then came Kevin <laughs> and, and and I didn't you know, I didn't get that gene or, or I guess I just didn't get passed down to me. But when you look at your experience, because obviously this is it's important to know that have the knowledge that you already had the master gardener. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, was that passed down to you from your parents or did you learn it or how did that come to you? My mother and my grandmother liked to garden and kind of like I garden at my house, which is very eclectic Mm. and sort of plant it and see if it grows, if we like it. And also I am a hiker and my real passion Mm. is native plants Mm. and, you know, keeping my yard looking like the Smoky Mountains and not like, Whittington, Gardens, yeah. Whittington Creek. <laughs> yeah. So I love I, that. when I, love I started it. working with the, the community gardens and as a master gardener, I got involved in vegetable gardening, but I was not a vegetable gardening expert. Mm-hmm. But the advantage of being a Knox County master gardener is you have a lot of resources and you have a lot of people that do know a lot of things. And it's all research-based information from universities and not just Pinterest. Sorry. Mm, right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, Which, Mark. And our job as master gardeners, we're an extension of the extension office in mm-hmm. Knoxville, and we go out and our, we're supposed to bridge sort of to the community and help the community learn how to do the gardening thing. So we help the, the extension agents and the extension office get that information out to the community. Yeah, because if you step back for a minute and look at – where we are in the world at this moment and we have you know what people define as the millennials and then you have every generation that came before and each generation and this is sort of just my take on it and you can tell me if if you see it the same way but it seems like every generation that we've had there's a there's fewer and fewer people that are interested in gardening and I think that maybe my math is wrong, but I think it has a lot to do with just the society that we live in. Now, this may not be the case for all countries. I'm speaking more to the United States. And it's not as if, like, you haven't done a good enough job marketing gardening. You know, it's it's just sort of the way that the world views what you get. You go to the grocery store or you go to Costco and buy it in bulk or you go to Walmart or whatever. You know, it's this whole mindset of growing your own food has slowly just shrank. And as a result of that, we're getting less nutritious food. We're getting food that has all kinds of different things that we don't need in it. Am I, am I going in the right direction? Sort of. Um, but I do find that the younger generation that's coming up, Mm -hmm. I hire younger people to help part-time in the garden. And I also get a lot of volunteers through volunteer East Tennessee Mm and people that need service hours for Mm -hmm. Tennessee Promise. And I find that 
that generation coming up is less materialistic and much more interested in sustainability and organic mm. and healthy living than you might think. Mark, you might be able to get your community service hours with her because she mentioned that, that volunteer piece. I'm just kidding. No, um, but you know, one of yeah. the things I keep on wondering about, cause you bring this up and you mentioned that they're more involved now is, is there any um, impact on the shrinking of the yard of the average American? Cause when my grandparents yeah. had five acres to a hundred acres, my parents had one acre, and now I'm living in, you know, just square footage of yard, and most of that was in playset. <laughs> it's true. I've been over there. Actually, you can grow a lot of food in a small space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a big thing towards square foot gardening, mm-hmm. as well as we do hydroponics, and a lot of people do that at home on their own in their basement we do it outdoors half you, the vehicles just turn the radio up a little bit when you said that they're like what did they see yeah what did Hydro, you say? hydroponics but we grow vegetables i want to clarify that so you can you can grow a lot with a few raised beds yeah. you can feed your family in a small square footage of space so you mm-hmm. don't really need that much there's there is a tendency towards smaller gardens than larger farms i would say yeah yeah i, I agree and i mean you to your point, there is very little space needed to grow what you need to grow to grow to actually feed your family. And so I think that maybe, but I do agree though, like my grandparents, they lived on three acres, you know, then my mom and dad, shrunk. It, it had been shrunk. shrinking. And that doesn't mean, I mean, that just doesn't mean that, okay, you're not going to be a farmer. So you're not going to, you know, uh, grow a bunch of crops to sell to the market down yonder. So I mean, they can. you know what I mean? I think so, I think a lot of times they they grew it to can or you know to, to jar right. and, and for future, for future. but now That's I don't think point. we're doing that as much as just using the the crops that we harvest. Yeah, we only have a minute left in this segment, but hold that thought because I want to come back to it because you're actually going down a good direction, and I want to reframe my question because um, I definitely I you know I hate when people beat millennials up you know I really do because in my in, in my job you know we do a lot to try to communicate with millennials. And the millennials have give, been given a bad rap. They're very intentional and they're very um, prescriptive in how they do things. So I want to reset my my question because I think it actually goes in line with what you're talking about. Because I'm talking about worldview. We've got Costco and Walmart that have put all businesses out of business. You have one or two um, local farmers, you know, which is unfortunate. We're going to continue this conversation right after these messages. <laughs> Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. And welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer, co-host, and Pinterest expert. (laughs) Um, Mark is here with us, been with us since the show's inception. Um, This show has been going since 2011. It's really amazing. 
uh, coming up on seven years, I guess. I guess that's yeah, right. Will be seven years. Um, we're gonna we're beating Johnny Carson is what we're gonna do. <laughs> I can promise you. We have Ellen in studio with us from the YMCA. Um, the YMCA has locations definitely that you want to check out. Uh, the website's real easy. It's ymcaknoxville.org. Um, she spoke a moment ago about the uh, Davis, uh, which I guess is where you're headquartered out of. Beautiful facility. Have mm-hmm. you been to it? I have. It's really gorgeous. gorgeous. Uh, son used to play soccer back in the back there. Um, I don't know if they still do that. They had just had it this weekend. Uh, wow, that's so cool. And it, I have found some video on my uh, Facebook timeline where my daughter and um, my niece were cheering for Patrick back in, this is probably five years ago, and um, definitely doing a lot of good things for the community. And so, um, Mark, you were talking before we went to break, and then, Ellen, you were going to jump in, and you had mentioned about what it is maybe that people do with the food, how, you know, jarring it and things like that. And and you may not remember where you were going to jump in, but basically, let me just reframe it. So people back when they had big tracts of land, a lot of what people would do is that they would um, harvest whatever they could. They would, I mean, they probably, they probably had a family of 15. I mean, they, you know, they had a couple of generations living there. We're talking about the 1800s. And they shared it with neighbors. Shared it with neighbors. And, and then they jarred some of it. And so there's some other things that are happening. Did you want to comment on that or talk a little more about that? There are people that can today and people are still interested in that. I don't know that that's really big. Mm-hmm. I, I think fermentation has become bigger now. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Interested what exactly in that. is that? Yeah. You ferment the food. So it's kind of, you know, I think like of, sauerkraut. Right, right, right. Like right. kombucha. Okay. All right. And it preserves the food and it also... It, it doesn't spoil. It'll mm-hmm. last a long time once it's fermented. Mm-hmm. See, to me, when I hear fermented, that means spoiled. But I'm probably wrong. That obviously, I'm I think wrong. of wine. You know, I think of oh. alcohol. You know, fermentation. Well, that's that's, that's yeah. a good way. That's, a good way to consume your fermented food. It is <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, that's interesting. Um, I'm looking at a picture, Ellen, on your website, and you have just, I guess, some really fresh. Uh, green lettuce and other things. Um, where do you guys actually do what it is that you do? I mean, is you, you have three gardens, right? right? Where are those located? So we started at the Davis YMCA, and it's kind of hidden. Mm-hmm. It's hard unless you go back to the soccer field. You probably don't know it's there. Wow. We also have chickens there, which are a lot of fun. Oh, wow. And it's our biggest garden. We also have hydroponics there, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get aquaponics going aquaponics yes at disney world when you go through that thing they're doing that uh, as well yeah they have a big hydroponic uh, garden down the land it's it's at uh, epcot yeah yes if you're at epcot and you're listening to the show right now thank you first of all um but go check it out the land because i love how the land you've been through the land the little ride and they do they talk about the hydroponics they also talk about the aquaponics as well tell me a little bit about what the aquaponics is that you're going to think about getting in uh, so your it, place it's more of a closed system so with hydroponics you add nutrient to the water mm-hmm. and then you don't have soil you have a soilless medium that you plant the plants in and you can grow vertically and you can grow in a much denser concentration so you can grow more food and less footprint with aquaponics you are it, using fish waste mm-hmm. to feed the plants and the plants convert what the fish weight you know what they need from the fish waste and then they provide some nutrient back to the water that's amazing for the fish that's so amazing. it's kind of 
closed as opposed to, like I said, with the hydroponics, we actually have to add nutrient to the water we feed the plants mm. with. But you're pushing the envelope. That's what I think is really neat. And when you go to do these things and you go in front of, I guess, you know, the the board there at the Y and you say, hey, I'd like to bring in aquaponics or is it aqua, what is it to call it? Again? Aquaponics. Aquaponics. Um, are they, I mean, obviously this is the really silly question, but what do they say? They say, yeah, let's bring in aquaponics. What, what's it going to do? Uh, they pretty much let us try anything we want to try yeah. in, in the garden. Yeah. With, and as, it long bears as, not too, as long as not too expensive. Right. Know. Sure. Um, but like you, you know, if it bears fruit, you know, no, yeah. pun, well, pun intended, I guess, um, then it's going to be something they're going to want to take advantage of. Well, we try to be a teaching place as mm-hmm. well. We, want it to be a place where people can come into the garden and see things that they could do at home as well. So we experiment with a lot of different methods and a lot of different ways to trellis plants and things that people can look at and learn from as Mm. well as provide food to the community. Yeah. I mean, the aquaponics would be definitely be a visually stimulating thing for educational purposes. And then how you explained it just a moment ago was very well said because, you know, it's just, it's like the circle of life. This is how it is. Um, why hasn't aquaponics become more of a mainstay or even, even hydroponics for that matter? Um, because every time I go to Disney world and I go through there, I think I've been hearing this for years and years and years. And a lot of people do it. I know that, but are bigger and bigger organizations doing it? Like I don't, I'm trying to think of a big uh, vegetable, you know, company. I, I really can't think of any off the top of my head, but are they going to things like this? I'm not really sure. I I know that it's used a lot where you need a high density where you can grow vertically. There's, you know, where they have rotating racks, you can see systems like that in mm-hmm. communities and places where they don't have the space to grow food that for all the population that they have. Mm. We got into it just because a member wanted to do hydroponics, so he built all the systems for us. So we learned from him and then have expanded upon that. And that's it. it the downtown Y, that's mostly what we have because there's no land around the downtown Y. We have a rooftop garden there that's oh, okay. mostly hydroponics. So that's outside. So the hydroponics is outside? All of our gardens are outside. So and that's another Most thing. gardens are outside. Well, well a lot of hydroponic, interestingly, most yeah, hydroponic actually. and even aquaponic gardens may tend to be in either a, a building or a basement or like a, a Disney. <laughs> if you're doing it big, they would do it in a hoop house or a greenhouse kind of situation, mm-hmm. which you have different challenges there. We grow all of ours outside. So we're a three season um, okay. garden. We do overwinter some things. We have a little bit in the winter, but it's our, you know, it's, there's a period where things just don't grow. There's not enough sunlight. Yeah. Because you guys are getting money in from people like us, and we want to promote that because you can help to invest in the the future of our um, our area, our community, the education of our youth. But more importantly, you can help um, Ellen in her uh, goal and her mission, which is to give more food to the pantries, and that's really the key here. So hold on, um, we want to make sure that I want because this is so important. This little piece right here, when somebody's out there listening right now, and they're thinking, well. Well, Ellen, that sounds great. Well, how can I, I can, I don't have money to give necessarily. How can they get involved physically? Because there's a lot of people that want to participate, but they may not have the money to give. Is there any volunteering opportunities? We we use lots and lots of volunteers. Last year we had 1100 hours or more of 
volunteer yeah. hours, and we take volunteers at every location, mm-hmm. and we can always use help. There's always something to be done. And you have three locations, the Davis location. and then Downtown the- Y on the rooftop, mm-hmm. and then the Kansler YMCA, which is in East Knoxville, just off Hall of Fame Drive in Magnolia. Okay. You were going to steal my well, thought, and I would have forgot it. <laughs> I was, it was my thought oh, okay. of how many man hours it would take to run three of these gardens. I mean, this is constant uh, work in the gardens. I mean, are you there... For- all day, eight in the morning till four in the afternoon, keeping weeds out, keeping bugs off. How do you take care of all that? Yeah, we we try to minimize weeds and we try to promote good bugs mm-hmm. <laughs> and minimize the bad bugs so that that's not a big problem. There are there is a garden coordinator at each location that is there part time, and then I kind of go between all three gardens to make sure we have all the stuff mm-hmm. we need. So. This time of year, it's pretty intensive. We try to work more toward the morning time because it's cooler, sometimes in the evenings and on Saturdays. But we're not 8 to 5, but we have quite a bit of hours in the garden. And we do have a lot of regular volunteers as as well as we have monthly work days and special projects. Mm -hmm. And then we get a lot of calls or even website people inquiring about volunteer opportunities, and we try to – get them plugged in. And the garden is one of the bigger places where people volunteer at the YMCA. And my thing too, you mentioned that you didn't want, and I know you didn't mean any offense by this, but you didn't want your yard to look like the standard yard that you, you know, sort of the cookie cutter yard. Um, And I would think that even if someone wanted to, they're going to be able to provide some real, real great value volunteer wise to Ellen and the YMCA, but then they can learn, you know, as they're going. We, um, each of our gardens, even on the rooftop, we have pollinator plants and a Mm. pollinator garden that helps attract the good bugs. We also do a lot of companion planting. So not everything we plant is, uh, something we deliver, but a lot of the companion plants are herbs, but some of them are flowers. They attract the pollinators and also they sometimes have uh, pheromone smells that would deter pests that we don't want in the garden. We try to be we, I mean, we don't try to be, we are organic in our methods for mm-hmm. treating any kind of disease or pest control. That's great. Well, we're going to continue this conversation right after these messages. But I'm a man of the woods, it's my pride. I'm sorry, baby, you know I try. But I'm a man of the woods, it's my pride. Well, I got your sweet with a twist of line. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, this is Kevin Ray. I am here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. You can go to MIGonline.com. We do have offices located from Memphis to the Tri-Cities and everywhere in between. Thank you guys for for jumping in uh, today. We have been we have been talking with Ellen about all of the great things that she's doing as garden director for the uh, YMCA um, and talking about her three locations where her gardens reside and uh, t- telling us a little bit of the logistics about how it is that these things come about, what she does and how she does it. Um, and then now I'd like to maybe get in a little bit more into the pantries that you serve. Um, it looks like throughout uh, the year, I guess, because you said you had three seasons, um, you guys give a lot of food. Can you give us an idea of how much you give? 
the past two seasons, we've donated over 5,000 pounds of produce wow. to the food pantries. That's incredible. And, and a variety of types of foods. Tell me some of the foods that are most popular that you guys. Yeah, of course we do tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers and squash and that kind of thing. Um, I got a request this year. We do greens as well. We've done mm. kale and mustard greens. But I was informed that collard greens are very popular, mm. so we will grow. And we have grown pot collard greens, but we will grow more collard greens this year based on that input. The need, yeah. yeah we do um, sugar peas, green beans, you know, winter squash, squash, summer squash. We try to grow melons. Uh, we grow okra. Mm. We've grown some corn. I think we grow a lot of different. We're willing to try just about any, anything. We've grown tomatillos. Mm-hmm. We are. Are tomatillos the small? Uh, they're the paper covered ones that you make. You know the green salsa out of. Oh, nice! They're they're fun to. You're making to grow. me hungry, by they're, the way. But they're fun. They're fun to grow, and we um, we. I'm trying to think of some of the other fun things that we grow. We grow a lot of variety of things that we donate. In each of the three, do you specialize in one area for each one, or does do all of them diversify in the? We grow similar kind of stuff. We're more limited on the rooftop because some things you cannot grow in hydroponics. Like we grow carrots and root vegetables, uh, beets. You can't grow those in hydroponics so well, so we don't do those at downtown wide but otherwise we grow pretty much the same variety of stuff and then we try to get input on what the pantries would like to see us provide mm-hmm. and try to fill the need because they i mean the pantries that you provide food to they have needs i'm sure throughout the year that they you know communicate to you and you, you know the, th- the ones that you're involved with uh like for instance the fish um pantry uh, I think also the Mana House and the Care Food Pantry. Are those sort of the, your three main go-tos? Are those your only three, or do you have others? We have donated to, um, we do. We still donate to Farragut Christian. Um, they have a pantry every week. We have donated to Faith Lutheran, which is also out west. Mm-hmm. The fish pantries, there's actually three of them, so the main one is oh, on okay. Scott Ann Avenue, but they're, every day during the week there is a fish pantry somewhere, and they're all in the downtown area. One's in uh, Vestal. United mm-hmm. Methodist Church and one's in an Episcopal Church off of Magnolia. Mm-hmm. So we donate from Chancellor and downtown. The bulk of our produce goes to those pantries. Oh, that makes sense. That where where the need is, that makes a lot of sense. Um, one of my questions, as as you were talking, that I was thinking about was, you know, of course, I'm always looking for expansion, and you know, that's what my business development. You know, how how do we make this thing bigger? Um, is your all's vision to grow in the number of pantries that you bring into your umbrella, or is this kind of your wheelhouse unless you know we're all willing to take an next an extra step? We have donated to pantries based on input from our members. Usually mm. somebody's heart is at one of those yeah. pantries, and that's how we originally got to donate at that location. Mm-hmm. So we would include other pantries if if we were asked to. The real problem is we cannot grow enough food to provide the amount of fresh right. produce that would really be utilized by mm-hmm. any of these pantries. I started to mention saying what we're growing. I, I remember what I was going to bring up is okay. we are starting a fruit forest is what we're calling it at mm. Kansler, where we have blueberries. We've planted some bush cherries and fig trees, and we've already nice. got raspberries and we've got some grapes. So we're trying to expand out from just vegetables, but into some hmm. fruit produce as now well. We have strawberries, talking. yeah. And fig trees grow well around here because we had one growing up as a kid, and you just pick the fruit off. It's sweet and delicious. Yeah, once they get established, they, they, 
might have to protect them when it's really, really cold. Right. Well, that's cool because those are the types of fruits that maybe not everyone goes to the grocery store and buys. You know, it's just those are the, the things that I think that would be good for for people to have. And I mean, I'm sure they're healthy as well. Right. I mean, fruits are healthy. They're natural. Um, you 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 base everything that you do off of organic methods. Um, I'm sure you don't have like the USDA seal of approval because that costs money and there's all kinds of things that go along with that. But you do follow the standards. And I'm just wondering, you, you mentioned square foot gardening. And right. I know that that's a, you know, they cordon off a, a square foot at a time and you plant something in there. What's your methodology of laying out your garden in these three gardens? So most of our soil beds are raised bed gardens. And we try to plant using the recommendations for plant spacings from the square foot gardening book. And there it's a common book that most people have seen. We have I've got some, one in my car, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we um we have some tiered kind of gardens, which are also we've we have to build up because the soil on any site where they've built a building is not uh, it's more like concrete than actual soil. Mm-hmm. So we build up vertically from that. So we we do our spacing. We try to space it um, based on the square foot gardening, and so we have enough room also to get around the bed so we can tend all the plants. That's interesting. And Mark, you asked the question because are you looking to try to do something well, within your backyard? Well, a lot of people, or? you know, if they want to learn how to do this, to go out and, and put mm-hmm. some volunteer hours at work and yep. then learn the method and then take it to your backyard. I think that's because I've not been successful in gardening. Um, the, most of the rabbits eat everything that I put out there. So, But I'm sure that you have tricks and, and things. I just don't understand how you keep the soil condition. First of all, there is my wife found, <laughs> she brought home, there is a rabbit repellent <laughs> at Costco. And, and I I had no idea we had problems with rabbits, but she brought, she said, look what I found at Costco. And I was like, those rabid rabbits, you know, but anyway. We're actually bringing rabbits into the garden. Mm. Of course, we're going to keep them out of the the beds because rabbit um, poop is mm. really good in the garden. It's not hot. You can put it directly on the garden. Mm-hmm. And, with, and the chickens also, we make those girls. Cool, cool poop is well, wonderful. Well, we make the soil. girls do some work in the garden too. So we have our compost bins in yeah. where the chickens are so they can dig oh, around. The chickens in it. make yeah. great. Yeah. Soil. Yeah. Well, they clean up, they clean up the soil and they dig through our compost and then they, you know, we have, we compost their waste as well. See, in Oak Ridge and, and Ellen is from Oak Ridge, mm-hmm. you can now have chickens in your backyard. No kidding. In I Oak Ridge. That. that was passed by the city. Yay. Wow. So people are, That's are interesting. Yeah, so I, I guess, I don't know why you'd want some Chick- other than chickens. Well, chicken are real, eggs. They're really fun. They're really fun. We enjoy yeah. them. Some friends of mine, I won't mention her name, but she, I see pictures all the time. They have them. And I mean, don't they provide something yeah. to you? I mean, right? A hen eggs. doesn't maybe, but a chicken doesn't lay eggs and you can eat yeah. those eggs. So, I mean, that's how I think you could look at it from, um, what I wanted to talk about in the last two minutes was we have very little time left, but when you look at how many people in America, and this is big picture, this is just, we're going to end on this note because it really, I think goes to what you're doing. Your, your focus really to me, which is amazing is to feed hungry people. Right. And that's really like what the total vision, what the goal that I've heard you talk about, even though you've gotten into the technical aspects of it, the reason you do it from what I hear is because you care about feeding people who are hungry. And also you want to educate them and give them the tools to ultimately be able to do it themselves. Right. Um, So I, I guess my thought is, is the whole world or the whole country, I mean, there's, I, I Googled it just now and there's a lot of hungry people in America. 
That's why we started. And that's why you started. Um, I would hope anybody that's hearing this call, hearing this, this show would share it with friends and family, because this is something that you could take. You could share it with a friend, a family member. And if they all shared it with their friends and family, we could feed a lot more people, right? We could give back. We could give Ellen the tools that she needs and give her some more financial assistance, volunteer assistance. Maybe we could expand this to 10 gardens, and then we hit those other communities and expand those um, pantries and give give a little bit of air into the, the, the sales. Um, not that you're not doing great, but I'm sure that there's the need is so great. And I was right? walking around, and I was telling Ellen before we get went on air, I was in New York walking mm-hmm. around in just off the beaten path in Manhattan. Looking for hydroponics? The, well, <laughs> near the basketball courts right. where some famous basketball players came. I just in wanted Brooklyn to say— or New York? New York, okay. Manhattan, downtown, okay. uh, near the uh, American uh, the na- Nations building. Mm-hmm. And then I saw all these community gardens, and mm-hmm. all the kids were not playing basketball. They were in the gardens. I, and I thought, that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So when we get back, we'll we'll kind of unpack more of the broader the broader really hope for this community and expanding it and 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 give um, I think Ellen the opportunity to to give us just the final thoughts on what the YMCA or why is doing all across this this community and also I mean there's a lot of other communities that are doing something similar as well and again the website is ymcaknoxville.org. So you can go there and check it out, and we'll give you that information as well in our last segment. And you can go to thehousinghour.com as well. We'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, this is Kevin Ray. I am your host here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, We're here in our last segment with Ellen. We're talking about uh, the uh, why. We're talking about all kinds of good things. And we were talking off air. Ellen was mentioning about some of the things that are good for gardens, some of the things that are maybe not so good for gardens. And, you know, sometimes the things that we don't think are good because they're household pests or whatever, whether that be ants or things of that nature, sometimes those things are actually very, very good for the soil, for um, creating, I guess, a really good environment for things to grow, right? Um, And you were asking, and y'all were talking off air a little bit about how is it that you you create? Tell or ask the yeah. Questions. The organic process yeah. requires um, you know we use fertilizers in all the uh, commercial products. You you're not doing that, so you're conditioning the soil. And and how are you doing? Okay, we do we do mm. use fertilizers, but we use organic fertilizers, which are very different mm. from the synthetic ones. The numbers are much different, and they're a organic material as opposed to the synthetic material. But for our soil, we build up our soil um we use compost and uh sometimes we do sheet mulching so we'll put down wood chips and cardboard and compost you might use some peat moss and layer it up and it's called lasagna uh gardening sometimes too and and over in a very short time you can actually just plant through that right away if you want but over a season that'll break down and you start making your own soil we use no-till um we don't break it we 
we kind of wiggle the soil. We feed everything in water from the top. We use drip irrigation. Um, Everything goes down through the soil. You really don't have to dig and turn it. When you dig and turn it, you actually kill some of the good things that are in the soil. I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's microbes and bacteria and fungi that are all good. Um, Nitrogen-fixing things that are in the soil, like from the clover, like you talked about cover crops from your grandparents. So we do use cover crops as well, and they keep the weeds down, and they then also help um, the make the soil healthy over the off season or in between crops. And then you can cut it down and use it as green mulch and leave, actually leave the root material in there and let it decompose and become organic material. Mm, That's why she's a master gardener. Oh man. I tell you what, (laughs) Um, because you were talking about no till and and not tilling the soil Mm -hmm. and also the drip irrigation. Those two things kind of stood out to me because I mean, that's the better method, but that's also the less time needed to, be gardening i mean so it's like the best of both worlds right 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 and and with drip irrigation you really um are very efficient in your water usage and you'll even when you have drip irrigation it'll look like there's the soil the top of the soil is not wet because it drips down so slowly that it spreads out underneath like an like an ant mound you know like there's a little bit on the top and then there's this huge thing underneath so it spreads out and you do it slowly so it has time to spread out when you water from the top um, it doesn't soak in as well, and usually you'd have to do it for a really long time. So the the, the drip actually just really permeates through the soil. Now, with your other two, because the garden, I guess, downtown, you're not. Are you only doing hydroponics down there, or do you have other things? We we have um, some soil based gardens as well. We do some pots for our pollinators, and we also have things something called a green stalk, mm-hmm. which is a stacked, tiered garden that's vertical, and it's actually made locally. Wow. So you you too could go to greenstalk.com, I'm sure, and buy your own. And if you have a limited space on a deck or a patio, um, it's a great way to grow vertically. So we have some of those as wow. well. So we do use some soil but mostly hydroponics. So cool. You can go to greenstockgarden.com. It's really neat because that's one of your partners. Yes. That is fascinating. That is really, really cool. And that's, you know, a, a fit, some of my use of your square footage. That's a very efficient way of doing it. And you can create so much if you do it vertically because nobody owns, you know, all the way up. You could do it, I mean, up to as far as you wanted to. But the garden that you guys are talking about, the soil, you have the best. You have the soil-based garden but you also have it stacked vertically right so i mean that's incredible and how much hydroponics does that space does that take is it bigger than the other way other methods is it more space needed for hydroponics hydroponics actually it when a given footprint i can grow more than i can grow in a soil bed so for a i'm gonna i'm gonna make a number up here of two foot by 10 foot space, mm-hmm. I can probably put 20 tomato plants wow. and we grow them up and then we keep growing them up and there's, you'd have to see how the system works. And then you can grow things much more compactly in hydroponics than you can in the soil. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Because you, you always talk about what's the most efficient way of doing something. And, but it sounds like you have um, put together a very diverse way of doing things. And do you do that? Like when you when you ultimately find what's the best method, what's the best method? Will you go to that only that method, or do you still believe in diversity for whatever reason? I'm not sure I understand. If the you question. Have, okay, so hydroponics. Yeah. If you can grow these vegetables at that 
extent and you're able to grow way more compact amount of food in a smaller, why wouldn't you do that in throughout your entire organization rather than just downtown? You know what I mean? Well, there is some upfront cost for hydroponics. Okay. So there's well. other and then there's There is some ongoing support cost for hydroponics because you have to keep buying that nutrient. Mm. Whereas with the soil, you buy some fertilizers and stuff, but it, once your, your soil is established, there's less that you have to do to amend it except yeah. for um, adding compost, which you can make yourself and mm, the chickens it. can make it yeah, the yeah. chick and the chickens can make it. And you generally have to add a little bit of nitrogen, but like, again, we have organic sources of, of that. Mm-hmm. So we learn, um, we, in there, there's just different learning from the different mm-hmm. methods that we have too. I mean, we wouldn't do a hundred percent hydroponics probably just, because of that right because of the upfront cost and there's other things so so when you you have a mixed bag because there's pros and there's cons right the different methods that you do so what what do you think um what do you think that you're going to do out of this are you going to well i think hydroponics well i i think you know the soil is my best the aquaponics i can't wait till she gets that going because i want to come show my yeah i'd like to see that too and we actually have it where there's there'll be some visible stuff hopefully that they can see so we're excited about that, that is really We're cool. excited about making it work. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let me ask about insects because, you mm. know, when I do a garden, then I see ants crawling all over the tomato plants. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? How does, what are some good insects that you need? Because seven dust and all that kills, kill, on the bottle, it kills everything so, it looks like. Yeah, so we try to treat organically. Even when you treat organically, if you spray the bad bugs, you still kill the good bugs. So right. we try not to spray too often. We try to invite uh, beneficial insects that will help take care of the other insects. Mm-hmm. Ants eat aphids. Ants also break up your soil. So ants are usually more of a problem for the gardener because particularly now that we're getting some fire ants, mm-hmm. they can bite you. But you can mm-hmm. encourage them to move by just putting like hot water on them and doing some things to get them to move out. Like if they, if, when they get in my raised beds, I do try to relocate them somewhere else you're hazing them right right so we we try to and we do some companion plants we're always my biggest nemesis if you ask anybody that knows me in the garden are squash beetles i've had a war with them for five years now and they're not beneficial they they're not beneficial to your squash no no (laughs) they're eating that's why they're getting so big yeah so um and there's all kinds of pests that are specific to plants so we have different ways of treating them and a lot of it is we pick off the the eggs when we see them and we kill bugs and so a lot of it sometimes it's manual depending usually as the season goes on and it gets hotter you know the bugs get a little worse um initially they're not quite so bad mm-hmm. um and then with companion planting and ro- crop rotation we try to minimize that and also covering the soil to get rid of any diseases that might come on the leaves and things mm-hmm. we we learn every year and every year we learn something new Oh man, you know so much. I mean, it mm-hmm. it really fascinates me because you have such such a good gr- grasp of all the stuff that you're talking about. And for me, someone who you know buys everything you know from the grocery store and d- doesn't grow anything, which which I wish I could and would. I, I know I can, but it's really enlightening to me to see that this stuff exists and that there's so many other aspects to it. And just providing this program, and and I hate to admit this. But when Mark brought this to my attention, it was the first that I'd heard about it. And 
that's, you know, on me not listening or looking for these type of methods. And you guys are doing this and it's amazing. You can go to the website and check out, like there's some videos, there's some other information. You've got other partners. Um, Greenstalk is one of them. Um, you have some other ones that you mentioned here. I don't know if Keyhole Farm is still a part of. Uh, we, of- they have donated a keyhole, which is a demo thing we have at Kanzler, a keyhole mm-hmm. uh, garden that we have there. Stanley's Greenhouse also is a mm-hmm. big uh, partner of ours. Cutting edge uh, yeah, solutions. Solutions. They donate our nutrient for the downtown YMCA. Innovative garden supply. Innovative garden supply helped us set up the garden on the rooftop. Thank you for reminding yeah. me of all these wonderful friends. So have. true seeds. Having the community is so true seeds is donated to us. And I need to add on there, so has Baker Creek. Baker Creek. Uh, heirloom seeds. They made a big donation. They donate to community gardens every year. So we get a lot of seeds donated that's awesome go and to YMCA. volunteer i was gonna say volunteer east tennessee also is a good source of volunteers okay go to ymcanoxville.org you can click right there on the give button help to give some additional resources to ellen and her team thank you so much for coming in today we really appreciate it, ellen thank you absolutely Glad to be here on behalf of mark and Mortgage Investors Group. We want to thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.